Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. These are still interesting times at the cinema. In the past, the theatrical releases were a lively mixture of big-budget Hollywood popcorn fare and art films, of schlocky, low-budget genre pictures and the yearly outings of reliable filmmakers like Spielberg, Alfonso Cuaron, Catherine Bigelow and Spike Lee. Well, COVID's taking care of that nice balance. Well, that was monumental. Who are you? I guess you can call me Mothman. What kind of alien language is that? Now the idea of reliable has gone the way of the old normal. Each week is a gamble, and what turns up in the theatres is often bewilderingly random. Considering the fact that movies, any movies, are hellishly expensive to make, you have to ask, who approved some of the films we've seen this year? What we do here is easy. The hard part is living with it. In a good week, it's possible to think of the past year and a half as the world's longest film festival, where new, exciting auteurs of the future make their debuts. But as weeks turn to months, the long indie festival turns into an endless 48-hour film challenge. Quality becomes irrelevant. It's amazing they got made at all. Don't move. Let me see it. Don't move, Amy. Let me see it. OK. Ready? Mm-hmm. I love it. That's super sweet because it's terrible. <laughs> this week's Gunpowder Milkshake is a good example of a film cobbled together at an international market. The key ingredient is what movie hustlers call elements commercial plot ingredients, name actors, money from countries with good tax breaks, all adding up to a magic secret number that means the project gets the green light. You're bleeding. It's just a scratch. You can get infected. Worms will get in there and lay eggs. And then they'll have to cut your arm off. That's what they teach you in school these days? In this case, the elements were a plot stolen from Quentin Tarantino and Zack Snyder, likeable leads Karen Gillan and Lena Headey, a Kiwi camera ace, and a writer-director with the gift of the gab, and apparently no shame. But fortunately, there is better news on the horizon. One country that still believes in old-fashioned cinematic values is France, as displayed in another hit from the recent French film festival. Seeing Isabelle Huppert effortlessly lighting up the screen in The Godmother, it's hard not to feel nostalgic for a time when A-list Hollywood directors made this sort of film once a year. 
Was it only two years ago? Mais quel parking? Ouais, celui de la prison là. Bah, oui, bien sûr. Vous pensez tout de même pas qu'on va faire l'échange dans votre salon? Oh, non. Matin souche. Fi téléphone dima berabia. One English A-lister, Edgar Wright, has actually taken time off from making comedy thrillers like Shaun of the Dead and Scott Pilgrim vs. the World to pay tribute to his favourite band. What do you think about me calling the documentary The Sparks Brothers? In lieu of anything better. We hate that name. They're called Sparks, and Wright named the film The Sparks Brothers in part to Hanoi band members Ron and Russell Mayle. It's as good as the fiercest Sparks fan could wish for, and this week proves that these days two out of three good movies can be absolutely fabulous. Which leaves number three. It's called Gunpowder Milkshake. I need to exchange some books. The name Gunpowder Milkshake is an accurate indication of what to expect. There are three elements to it. First, gunpowder. Well, that implies plenty of explosive violence, while the word milkshake suggests a blend of things that may not be good for you but are easy to swallow. And the third element, of course, is that it's absolutely meaningless. Scarlet's kid. How is your mother? I haven't seen her in 15 years. Let's meet our heroine Sam, played by Scottish actress Karen Gillan, whom I love. She was not only the best Doctor Who companion in living memory, but she was easily the best thing in the entertaining Jumanji movies. So I won't hear a word said against Karen, even if she plays a brutal assassin who picks up her guns tucked away inside large books. Let's get you into a good book. You'll need a Jane Austen. Virginia Woolf and an Agatha Christie for reading. The Librarians Gunrunners are three more actresses who deserved better. Carla Gugino, Angela Bassett and, a long way from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the divine Michelle Yeoh. Sam the Assassin has been contracted by Paul Giamatti, working for the shady firm. Sam, your talents are needed. Somebody stole from us. He's crazy enough to steal from the firm. Remember when Paul Giamatti was good? It looks like that was a very long time ago. Anyway, Sam hunts down her prey, only to be sidetracked by the appearance of one small child too many. Sam tells Paul that she'll do anything for the firm, but she won't do that. Is it done? There's a change of plan. They have an eight-year-old girl. I can't leave her to die. So the firm, a group of sinister guys in business suits with no lines, indicate that all the assassins on their books should be summoned to take off after Sam with extreme prejudice. If ever Sam and her eight-year-old sidekick needed some unexpected help, it's about now. I teach you to always guard your back. Hi, Mom. Am I a grandmother? God, no. Where have you been for the last 15 years? Around, making sure you're safe. 
It's Sam's long-lost mother, Scarlet, played by another popular actor, Lena Headey, best known as the villain of villains in Game of Thrones. Scarlet's been lurking in the shadows. There are a lot of shadows in Gunpowder Milkshake, thanks to Kiwi DOP Michael Saracen, and looking after Sam from a distance. Sam, you killed the wrong people. You're no longer under our protection. Some bad men are coming to hurt us. We have to go where it's safe. But mother, daughter and eight-year-old Emily are not only on the run from the firm. There's another criminal cartel without even a generic name like the firm. Their boss took exception to some previous mayhem visited on them and he wants to take off after Sam with extreme prejudice, blah, blah, blah. (sighs) Girls, I think I see a ghost. We need weapons. Give the kill order. I'm going to do terrible things to you girls. The fans of the original Office may recognise the boss as the obnoxious Finchie. Ralph Ineson will probably never shake that part off, no matter how many trashy films like Gunpowder Milkshake he makes. Now, you've probably noticed the best thing about Gunpowder Milkshake is the cast. You are an incredibly impressive young woman. There's not a single person on earth I'd rather kill people with. Thanks, Ma. Watching Karen Gillan and Lena Headey work together, pretending they're in something good, is an admirable tribute to the human spirit. And the three librarians also do whatever's needed to get through to payday with the minimum fuss. I'm going to make a little noise. So, what's the plan? I called as an Uber. Are you kidding me? Nope. The worst thing about Gunpowder Milkshake, of course, is everything else. And far be it from me to hide the guilty party's light under a bushel. Israeli director Navot Papashado and writer Ehud Lavsky. Take a bow, guys. Oh, that's really unfortunate. If I get out of this alive... And producers Andrew Rohner and Alex Heinemann, well done for getting Netflix, Germany and France to cough up. Did all that money go into the film or did you stuff some of it into your back pocket for a rainy day? I guess we'll never know. We're going to bring the sky down on their heads. We'll also never know what might have happened if all these resources had gone on something better. Is this honestly the best Hollywood could do with Lena Headey, Michelle Yeoh and Karen Gillan? We can only wonder what currently idle directors like Catherine Bigelow, Lona Scherfig and Stephen Frears might have done with them. Are you a serial killer? What? You kill people. Yes. And you've killed more than one. That is serial. It's more complicated than that. The French film industry still seems to prefer an original story rather than a sequel or a remake or a reboot of another one. In the case of La Deronne, or The Godmother as it is here, writer-director Jean-Paul Salome found a book he liked and set out to make the best movie he could from it. Ah, 
C'est où la tapane La tapane, bordel Vous êtes en garde à vue pour trafic de stupéfiants. It doesn't hurt that he picked the great Isabelle Huppert to play the lead. She plays the widowed Patience, who has a job as an Arab translator for the Paris police. Her late husband was a Middle East ne'er-do-well, which is why she speaks the language. And her current boyfriend is a straight-laced detective, Philippe, which is how she got the job. J'aime pas cet hôtel, j'aime pas cette chambre. C'est pas un hôtel ici. C'est un EHPAD et ça me coûte 3200 euros par mois. À table. Je prends. Patience is behind on her payments for the care of her mother at an expensive rest home. She depends on mum's selfless nurse, Khadija, but the costs are crippling. One day at work, Patience intercepts a call from Khadija to her son, who's running hashish from Morocco. Without letting her colleagues know, Patience tips Khadija off. Khadija's son stashes the hash, but he's rounded up with the rest of the gang and sent to jail for the foreseeable. And Patience suddenly sees an opportunity. If she can find where the drugs were dropped off, she can pay off all her debts by going into business herself. And for that, she's going to need a retired drug-sniffing police dog called DNA. Khadija, there were how many in this camion? DNA delivers the goods, Patience picks up the merchandise, and now she needs to find a couple of useful idiots to get it to the market. And since her job is eavesdropping on all the useful idiots in the Paris underworld, she knows exactly where to go. She also needs a new identity. By day, she's still Patience, respectable police interpreter. But by night, she's an exotic Arab businesswoman, Madame Belbaka, nicknamed Mama Weed. Her two stooges, Scotch and Coco, can't believe their luck. La galérance, elle est finie. Anna, Madame Bilbaka, we are dark night. And this is a little bit of and neither could I when I saw The Godmother, which is so much better than it ought to have been. Goodness knows, law-breaking granny has been the premise behind any number of cliché-ridden comedies in the past. The Brits alone seem to make one every year. Par petite quantité, comme de petites fourmis, pour que la police se doute de rien. Oui, oui, oui. But the godmother is French and not interested in following the standard path. Isabelle Huppert is a brilliant comedy actress, of course, but she's equally well-known for her serious work. So we're never quite sure where the character of Patience is going to go. Ma bridge is rare. Brita Yemea will meet in. Et moi, tout de suite, si vous êtes des crevards. Il y a une femme qui dit des tonnes de shit. Dans Paris, on est incapable de la choper. Sur la tête de ma mère, c'est de la patate de chez patate. Ça fait toujours plaisir, hein, quand le client est content du produit. The Godmother is a reminder of how much plot a decent comedy thriller can sustain if the story is told properly. It's also an example of that increasingly common thing now, a story that rests to a large degree on strong female characters. 
On l'a pas payé, on l'a volé. Comment ça Ben oui, il n'y avait personne à la caisse. Ça va pas. On ne sert pas dans les boutiques comme ça, enfin. Ah, oh, ça va, quel rabat-joie Ça coûte combien, là, cette main d'un plastique fabriqué par des Chinois sous-payés 2 euros. There's patience, her two daughters, her irascible mother and her nurse, even her Chinese landlady who plays an increasingly important role as the godmother progresses. And for all the modern high-tech trappings, it's a film that harks back to an earlier, more confident time. But it seems that in France, the well-made comedy thriller never went out of fashion. Oh, regard, c'est un dinosaurus, ça, non? Ah oui. A film like The Godmother that spends more on the script and the star than on the special effects may be a rarity in Hollywood. But the French seem to think story and characters are the main reason to make movies. And right now, it's hard to disagree. There's really something chose de paradoxal chez toi. Tu dégages une confiance en toi, ça m'impressionne. Tu me fais penser à des mecs que j'ai de coffrer. Et on dit comment, gros dos dans le champ en arabe Sbagbir Fezouk. Edgar Wright's documentary The Sparks Brothers has had a limited release so far in this country. That might change, however. The group Sparks has become an overnight success, again, at Cannes this week with their own film, a musical called Annette. I remember just seeing them all the time, like, who are those guys you can look up on Wikipedia and know nothing. We are Sparks, dude. Please welcome Sparks. Sparks. Sparks, brothers Ron and Russell Mayle have had several overnight successes over the years and each time they've picked up more obsessive fans. The screening of the film I went to was a full house with an age range of about 40 years. As someone who jumped aboard the Sparks bandwagon in the mid-70s, I wondered if this town was big enough for all of us. Music at its best, you hear it and you go, oh my God, what is that? It's insane, but it's fantastic. Each time you'd go to the rehearsal, there'd be something new there. Like, that's good. It wasn't like anything else. The Mail Brothers grew up in California, of all places, but they never sounded as if they came from anywhere specific. They've recorded nearly 300 songs and sound like nobody else, though it becomes clear they've influenced dozens of subsequent acts, from Duran Duran and Weird Al Yankovic to Taylor Swift. All pop music is rearranged sparks. That's the truth. There are throwaway riffs that other bands have built whole careers out of. Their career took off when they left the US, the one country that seemed resistant to Sparks' unique charms, and set up shop in Britain, who absolutely loved them. Their first appearance on British television, heavy pop on the bottom, tricky Gilbert and Sullivan melodies on top, set the scene, largely because of how they looked. One of my favourite moments is John Lennon ringing up Ringo Starr. You won't believe what's on the television. It was the sound of the future. Pretty Boy singer Russell Mayle fluted in falsetto, while brother Ron Mayle was a sinister presence at the piano. Let comedian Patton Oswalt and former Sex Pistols Steve Jones paint that picture. You have this snaky lead singer, you know, something for the ladies. Then you've got Adolf Hitler on, on the keyboards. It is a little strange. Why has that bloke got a Hitler moustache? 
That's a good look. The idea of a Mark Boland type on vocals with Adolf Hitler on keyboards might have been dismissed as a one-off gimmick if the music hadn't been so arresting. The single, This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us, and the album, Kimono My House, the males love puns, were sensations in 1974. But this was just the start. Frequently asked questions about Sparks. How many albums are there? 25 albums. Are you brothers? We are brothers. How did you first meet? We are brothers. I was fascinated by the Sparks Brothers, apart from anything, I think it was the first time I'd ever heard Ron and Russell Mayle talk. But I should have known they talked very well. Russell was always the frontman of the group, while Ron wrote the songs, and the lyrics were as much a part of the group's appeal as their unique sound and look. Sparks is way more prolific than all of the artists we consider to be the greatest in the world. They sort of set a template. That a Beatle would pretend to be Ron. That's amazing. They were taking all their creative juices and putting it into something that they loved. Director Edgar Wright went to a lot of trouble to get Sparks fans together, and they're an enthusiastic and diverse bunch. Interestingly, many of them are British, underlining the fact that they were always far bigger in Europe than they ever were at home in America. When I first discovered Sparks, I never thought of them as being American at all. I thought of them just being as, like, Sparks. They're otherworldly. I always thought Sparks were a, a British band. They're the best uh, British group ever to come out of America. I've always liked Sparks, but my enthusiasm pales into insignificance compared to that of my matinee idol colleague. Phil O'Brien's obsession with the group and their albums, titles include A Woofer in Tweeter's Clothing, Angst in My Pants, and Gratuitous Sax and Senseless Violins, threatens to make that of Edgar Wright seem like a passing whim. And like actor Jason Schwartzman, Phil approached the Sparks Brothers with some trepidation. Honestly, I don't want to see this movie. I don't want to learn too much about them. Um, I'll watch it because I'm in it. They needn't have worried. 50 years on, the brothers are as endearingly quirky as their albums, and Edgar Wright's direction of his first and possibly only documentary matches them for smarts, for laughs, and for cinematic sensibility. Our time has come. Here we are. They may have given birth to other bands who don't even know that the lineage goes back to them. Still are waiting to get paid back for that. Yes, the Sparks Brothers was initially made for Sparks fans, but the story is so unpredictable and engaging that even if you've never heard of Sparks before, I think you'll warm to it too. Mark Boland meets Adolf Hitler. What's not to like? Which brings this show to a close. I'm Simon Morris, and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.